Welcome back to another episode of Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I'm your producer and your host. It's the second week of 2020 and that's generally the time when we start to come to terms with the fact that it's a brand new year. New year, new predictions, and that I thought, what a great opportunity to do an episode on astrology. It's a topic that has been a long time coming for the podcast. I know many of you who tune in are astro homes. I'm a big astro home myself. Um, literally every new person I meet, I'm like, what's your birth date? What's your birth time? I want to know what are your big threes, your sun, your moon, and your ascendant, or what they call rising sign. Literally nobody asked, but I'm a Pisces sun, I'm a Leo moon, and a Pisces ascendant. Yes, I'm a double Pisces. Basically, this means I'm very emotional, idealistic, full of empathy, intuitive, egoistic, and a little bit escapist in nature. All of which I 100% relate to. Many of us grew up knowing just our sun sign and reading about it in newspapers and magazines, usually found on the last page, and then feeling like, hmm, it didn't really 100% click or apply to us. Then in the recent five years, something changed. Astrology today is facing a resurgence quite unlike any other. In 2018, big international media organisations like The Guardian, New York Times, The Atlantic started picking up on our millennial obsession with astrology. In 2019, Vice claimed we've hit peak astrology with a boom of astrology memes on Instagram and Twitter. Accounts like Not All Geminis and Kogi gained a lot of traction. An article by The New Yorker in 2019 of October titled Astrology in the Age of Uncertainty summed up the phenomenon pretty well. It said, The popularity of astrology is often explained as the result of a decline in organised religion and the rise of economic precariousness. Then, there's a matter of political panic. In times of crisis, it's often said people search for something to believe in. That, coupled with many other factors, like the fact that today an astrological chart can be generated instantly and for free on the internet. Astrology is ubiquitous on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and in downloadable workshops, classes, and webinars. I mean, everyone's heard of CoStar, right? This little app, you know, that doesn't only explain or show you what your natal chart is, what the houses mean, but also caters very personally to you. But beyond that, the biggest reason why people pursue astrology is for personal development. And perhaps relationships is one of those things. Things that people struggle with, like career to like, where do I go? What's my life purpose? People want to know what the fuck is going on! By the way, that's May Sim. She's the founder of Self-Strology, an astrology academy in Singapore. May is legit. Not only has she been practicing astrology for 15 years, she's also properly certified with a diploma in modern astrology from the International Academy of Astrology. You're going to be very surprised. In Singapore, astrology is really popular, even, and especially, according to May, among males. So popular that May could open her own astrology school in the heart of Singapore, Haji Lane. Um, we're looking to go upstairs, above you guys. It's called self-astrology. Ah, yes. Oh. 15, 15, right? Okay, thank 15 you. Upstairs. Thank you, thank you. Oh, I see it, I see the sign. Cool. Hi. 
Mace School has been around for six years now. Besides birth chart consultations, most of our activities revolve around the school, although we do a lot of talks for companies and there are multiple ways to apply astrology. Career consultations are one of the things that we are most, most known for also. Most of my students at one point were mostly men. And even the girls who came in, many of them were like, I have a lot of female engineers. There were a lot of women who were like accountants, for example. These are people who are very comfortable with the idea of applying a technique and getting a clear answer. Okay, now one of the reasons why uh, men don't mind studying is because actually I have a very structured approach to astrology. It's, it's not intuition, we don't do crystals, there are no oils, basically no meditation, none of those ritual stuff. My students have textbooks and there are, there are specific words or, or ideas that come at each section of how we use astrology. Convinced? Curious at least? The thing about astrology is that nobody's asking you to treat it like gospel truths. For me... It helped me understand why I held on to certain beliefs, why I communicated in a certain way, why I was different from what I understood my sun sign to be, and most importantly, it really helped me manage my relationships. But for all the great apps and websites out there, there's also a lot that is still to be understood about astrology. Anyone actually know what Mercury in retrograde really means? Or is everyone just riding on a wave of like memes? Let's go back to me. I think like most people, uh, I started out in astrology mostly as a hobby. But I think once I started getting into what I call like the real proper astrology, not just your sun sign thing, it became extremely fascinating to me how accurate it was. It became quite clear that this was a tool that could help people in ways that was not available in other ways. Things that your teacher cannot help you, things that your accountant, your boss cannot help you, in fact your parents can't help you. And I found that astrology filled that gap. And so I... I became very inspired to make a career out of it. Astrology, like what is it? What is it? First of all, it is not a religion. So the, the whole question of do you believe in astrology is moot because it's not a religion. There's nothing to believe in. People talk about biology, chemistry. Astrology is the study of the positioning of planets and the significance of positions. Just like if medicine, right, you, your blood cell count very high, then what does it mean? It's the same thing, right? With astrology, it's a cause of study. Those of you who are familiar with the birth chart, when you look at it, it simply is a map of where all the planets are. Contrary to popular belief, most astrologers do not study stars because stars don't move. The only things that do move are the positions of planets because they orbit around the sun. We also study the birth chart uh, that's correct to your birth time because then the earth is moving. So then the specific time that you were born and the specific place in which you were born tells me something that is specific to you and you only. When we study astrology, it's mainly uh, applying the, the positions of these planets to give me insight about the kind of person that you are, your attitudes towards specific areas of your life. One very popular like application that people use, and I'm very sure you know of, is like CoStar. There are some terms like... Um, your sun, your sun sign, your moon sign, your mm. rising, yep. your mercury. Yep. Like maybe you can share with me a bit on like what a birth chart is. Yep. In general, you want to look at different parts of a person's psyche. What most people know is only their sun sign. Mm. The moon represents a little bit more of an unconscious self, how you deal with your emotions. Mercury for how you deal with your data, communication, that kind of thing. Venus for how you deal with the concept of value. And that's why it also relates into things like relationships, romance. Uh, Venus is also for like the things that you like. Mars is uh, the concept behind it is desire. And of course, most of us associate desire with sexual desire, but it's not exactly. It can be 
this is the price that I want and this is what I'm going for. It determines how you show aggression, anger, or whether... And which also, conversely, also means that sometimes people just don't show aggression or anger if it's suppressed or whatever. Jupiter is... is uh, it represents the part of you that really needs to understand how the world works. And for the reason Jupiter goes into things like religion, uh, beliefs, education, learning, it represents how you want to figure out how the world ticks, you see. Saturn for uh, restrictions, structure, and so therefore it's, it's how you see things like authority figures, your career, how you're going to be of, of useful to deliver quality. Uranus for is a chaos planet, which means it represents uh, breakthroughs, technology, freedom, uh, your, your relationship with a community. Neptune is uh, a king of the sea, and uh, therefore it has to do with things like illusions, dreams. So it can go into a very extreme negative like escapism, mm. addictions, um, codependency, mm. but also the very positive like selflessness, compassion, spirituality. Pluto for transformation. It has a bad reputation because most people are very terrified of the death part, which is that, that you mean I have to let go, but letting go is hard, you see. Mm. So letting go also means that you have to confront an issue. But then Pluto has the extreme positive, which is also transforming yourself. It's like a metamorphosis. You have to first confront the ugly parts before you can let the nice parts shine. Mm. Right. So, well, in a nutshell, those are the 10 planets. And the, the positioning of these planets by sign and house give me a complete picture of what this person is about. How does the position of the planet affect us? I'm going to give a slightly a spiritual view on this thing. On, on this thing, okay. You find that most people try to use science to explain what astrology is. That's a little bit like using science to explain why your intuition works, right? The reality is there are certain archetypes that run central to humans. The planet Uranus was only discovered in the late 1700s. But Uranus in astrology re- represents things like technology, breakthroughs, uh, freedom. That kind of thing. And you realise that prior to the, the late 1700s, uh, those of you familiar with history, that was when France declared their independence. You find that until that moment, nobody ever thought about this concept called freedom. But yet, as a human consciousness, until the planet was discovered, we never understood that there was something called freedom. Technology started growing like crazy after the late 1700s. Then we had industrial revolution after that. Once Uranus was discovered, suddenly we got all scientific. Pluto was discovered in 1930, which is not that long ago like Pluto one of the things that represents are things like psychology so that means humans didn't even know of this concept called psychology and now psychology is everywhere you could not even walk into a shop without getting your psychology like how they place things the colour that they put there until certain things come into our consciousness we don't even realise that humans had this capacity for psychology Mm. how do you know that Pluto is a planet that affects psychology. What happens is that when a planet is discovered, it is not immediately added to the, to the astrological canon. There's a lot of people doing research. A lot of it is like circumstantial research, very much like how medical research happens. Essentially what they do is, in order to know that a drug works, they have to test it on multiple people to, see, to confirm that the effect is always the same. Then now medicine knows that this drug works this way. So that means it's the same thing like what astrologers do too. We basically test test a theory over and over and over again until it always works and then now when we know it works that way we've discovered something and then now it's added to the astrological canon even a lot of psychologists at the time Carl Jung for example was an astrologer he started applying astrology as a way of trying to understand human profiles there were not just astrologers but also psychologists 
who were actively applying the position of Pluto into various charts. You just need a very, very huge sample size, thousands and thousands of people. And we start categorizing all the people who had Pluto in the first house, all the people who had Pluto in the second house, all the people who had Pluto in aspect to the sun. And you start to look for patterns that run between people. And once they become consistently correct, and basically we now know that there's a drug that works this way. That is exactly how medicine works as well. So when people ask, how is astrology scientific? Well, I mean, if you want to say how it works, like how do we even know that a particular drug that you put in your body is going to have this effect? And it doesn't make any sense until you realize that that it does work and it works like this every single time and then you reverse engineer. Lah. Would you say that astrology is a field of science? Astrology to me, ah, it belongs in that very funny category that I put architecture in as well. If you go to a professional architect, you make sure that that fellow has to do all the engineering calculations. That's the scientific part of it. You have to be factually correct, no mistakes. But then on the other hand, the greatest architect is somebody who can put art into the building. Design, colour, shape. And so the same thing with an astrologer. Unless you can take all those planet signs and houses and actually tell a story, then that fellow is probably never going to rise as one of the top astrologers. It is both a science and an art. People want to know whether you tune or be tune, you know. But tune or not, right, actually does not benefit the client. It benefits only the astrologer. I am never very focused on this concept of accuracy. It is a basic expectation that the astrologer must be accurate. It's like, you know, if you go to a doctor, you don't want your doctor to just tell you, oh, by September, your cancer will be like times 10. If the doctor can help you clear the cancer out now, that's what makes the doctor very powerful. What I like about Western astrology is that it becomes a tool that educated people who want to work on their lives can can use as a way of getting control for yourself. Tell me a bit more about psychological astrology. I invented this from doing multiple clients. So at the point where I started hitting about past the thousandth client, I started to notice certain patterns that came out in my in my clients. What I did was I started pulling out charts of my clients who demonstrated the similar kind of behaviours. Basically, I was looking for a pattern. I kept copious notes over the years. Uh, I created actually 25 profiles that have specific behaviour. There's all these compulsive behaviours that people do which are not really their real personality but it's something that they do out of like some form of insecurity or another. An average person triggers between 9 to 13 of these profiles. So that means you are not just one or two profiles. You are usually a mishmash. So the whole body of study is called psychological astrology and it consists of 25 profiles and you need a professional astrologer to go through the chart to identify which profiles are present. As a professional astrologer, right? I'm guessing you know yourself very well. Because like, you're also talking about how like astrology helps with like self-awareness and like understanding. For example, I have a profile in my chart called the Sun Jupiter. The nickname is called the Teacher. So the good news is like this person can be a natural teacher and want to share their knowledge. However, the nasty thing in a woman's chart is that you tend to want to prove that you are smarter than men all the time. When I was single, I would go out with guys and try to prove that I was smarter than them. The problem was that by the time I got into my 30s, I started to wonder why I wasn't married or why it was so difficult for me to get into a relationship. What I discovered by myself was that then you now have to recognize if I'm smart and I want to marry a smart man, then you have to first recognize that a man can be smart. Eventually, when I married uh, my husband, it was because I recognized completely that in order for him to be able to educate me, I had to first recognize his smartness. I now live my marriage in an understanding that my husband is a very wise man and that if I was smart, I would listen to him. Psychological astrology is also recognizing where we sort of compulsively do things. So on the surface, it looks like, wow, I really know my shit, right? Deep down inside, you find that there's insecurity, ma. If you're not insecure, why do you have to keep proving that you're smarter than other people? If I start to convince myself that I'm smarter than every guy out there, then 
why would I marry anybody since I'm smarter than all of them? Right? So why I really love psychological astrology is because it helps people to see how ridiculous their, their thoughts are. So until you can, you can create a new reality outside of that nonsense that you tell yourself, uh, then you get a different kind of freedom to live life on your terms. And not because society told you that you must pretend to be smarter than other people. We'll be right back. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just want to chime in a bit with some of the best astrology accounts that I love. Shout out to those on Instagram at Very Real Fantasy. They had this excellent Zodiac profile, Zodiac Tinder profile thing they did. I love Benny Drama 7. He does this monthly astrological profile on each star sign, and it's crazy hilarious and accurate. I'm Kogi, I mentioned it just now, a vintage astrology meme page beautiful designs Capricornio astrology memes I also just want to jump in and give my personal take on the star signs um, I love caps I'm a huge caps girl I love Pisces I love Aquarius controversial I love Gemini's they're really fun I really can't stand Leo's my dad's Leo ha huh? um, I'm not a fan of Cancer's sorry on a side note, it's 13th of Jan and I just wanted to use this platform to kind of voice out my concerns about the environment. The ongoing bushfires in Australia, if you're interested to donate, you guys can donate to Australian Red Cross, Salvation Army Australia, NSW Rural Fire Service. Um, for the Indonesian flood, um, there's Mercy Relief, uh, an organisation based in Singapore, Singapore Red Cross. And just as of today, the Tao volcano eruptions in the Philippines, the Philippine Red Cross is now accepting donations for disaster relief. Let's do what we can for the environment. Every small action plays a part. We see a lot of Instagram memes about astrology. Have you seen? Yeah, the, the <laughs> kind where they list 12 signs and like the 12 different reactions to a breakup. That kind correct, of thing. correct, correct, correct. A lot of people are not their sun sign. Haven't you met friends who sort of read about their, their sun sign and they tell you, no, they are not like that. Lady. These things are rising as a social thing. Like, the rise of social media means that people want instant answers. Mm. So it, it's quite funny and then people can laugh at all the like nasty behaviour and that kind of stuff. But that's all you're going to get. If we are looking at sort of like uh, getting to, to deal with serious issues, then that kind of memes uh, can be very misleading. For millennials, what you care about is individualism. Yeah, you want to be recognised for who you are. So why are you agreeing with a stereotype? Why would you agree with a stereotype just because you're a Virgo, then you let people tell you that you're critical? Don't let yourself be pigeonholed. Like, the, the fact is, anyone who has seen their birth chart knows that it's a very complex thing. So, yes, you could be critical in relationships, but you can be very open when it comes to your career. Mm. So then, why are we not accepting the person in totality? And then, why are you accepting just that one sign? There are 7.2 billion people in the whole world. There are only 12 signs. Whatever sign you are, 600 million people share the same sign as you. So, you same personality as 600 million people. I think one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is the predictions about 2020 and like the decade. The thing about 2020 is uh, it's, it's not like the usual years. 2020 is a very special year because uh, we are coming to the end of a 200-year era. Uh, astrology runs in planets in cycles and there are certain planetary cycles that are ending in the year 2020 and which means new cycles begin in 2021. So what I'm expecting is that um, things that we have believed in that are very earth-based. So earth is an element in astrology that deals with productivity, money. People are not going to do things because it makes money. Uh, it's something that sometimes you find people around us, we start to get a bit sick and tired of that money conversation. People want to care more about like, yeah, okay, you study so much, but what is it doing for the society? 
as human consciousness shifts, you find that people want to study things or they want to get involved in projects that make a difference to groups and societies rather than what makes them money. There are various things that you should see coming up now. Um, certain patterns like, you know, drilling the ground for like um, for resources, mining. People are sick and tired of that kind of thing now. And what this means is that some businesses are going to find that they don't have a place in the new world. Certain things that we study or what we thought was very important in the past no longer has a place in the new world. And what this means is a lot of people may have some difficulty adjusting, right? Because people are sick and tired of that conversation and be looking for something else. Yeah, rather than how much money you have, it is more like how much influence do you have with the community? How much impact can you make to people that is not necessarily money-based? You see, when we talk about endings, you see, the, the thing is people are, are wired to think of endings as a bad thing. Mm. I don't think so. In fact, I think endings is great because then new doors open, isn't it? Uh, I, to me, that's even better. But I, what I think is a lot of people who are desperately holding on to the old way that the world operates is going to have a hard time. Uh, if you're excited and you're sort of excited about the change and growing, then yes, you, you will find this to be a wonderful experience. Mm. I'm doing an event on the 18th of January and uh, it's a 2020 outlook. And I'm spending the entire afternoon explaining to the audience exactly what I see in the sky. Mm. So then we kind of need to see where human consciousness is moving. We've made it extremely no-brainer. The tickets are $27, but for that price, you can bring two friends. Mm. So which means each person only comes for about $9. It's really important so that people understand when the world starts to shift and you start to see it next year and the year after. So it's two years of like transitioning period. And for some people, shifting their, their job focus, you may find that bosses have new priorities. Mm. Even young people coming into the, into the workforce have new priorities. Mm. And so, um, especially older people who are already in the workforce, it's going to be harder for them to transition. There's a growing list of people who want to go into helping professions. I think it's a lot less about, oh, like, I want to climb the corporate ladder. I think younger generation is not really looking for that anymore. Yeah, a growing number of people are learning how to use, like, profiling as a way of putting people in, in the right places, helping people deal with emotional issues. You find that um, quite a lot of the old ways of dealing with things, like going to a therapist, still has its stigma. And uh, going to a psychiatrist or psychologist still has a stigma associated with it. But people have less issues going to, say, an astrologer because it sounds like a fun thing and it looks like a no threat, no threat kind of thing. And so one of the things that uh, we definitely notice is like young people who really want to uh, like attain skills like this and integrate it with whatever it is that they're doing. Could you do a, a reading for me? Okay, so it's Nicole Tan, right? Nicole Lim. Nicole Lim. Okay, can I have your birth date? I'm born on four. Okay, and the birth time? I'm born at Very hot, right? <laughs> and were you born in Singapore? Yes, I'm born in Singapore. Okay. So uh so clearly you've not actually seen your birth chart before, but uh, I have not. I only seen the one on Coastal. Okay, so this Ooh! Right, so um this is another tool that we use. All my senior students have this. Do you? It's Code this yourself? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, this is it, this software is called Solar Fire. It's uh, this is professional software, and uh, like I don't recommend people who don't have a backing in astrology just simply do not need this. Uh, there are enough free chart generators online for people who don't know astrology. That's good enough. Right? Mm. So this is professional software. I do not understand anything. It's like a lot of charts. As, as it should be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like... So basically, what most people get very uh, thing about is that they, they, they think it looks like this mystical thing, but it is just a language. Yeah. So this could all be in Russian or whatever, and if you didn't understand it, Russian just looks like symbols, right? Mm. People who don't know Chinese will look at it and look like pictures, right? But the thing is, this, to you, look like, looks like pictures. To me, it tells your story. Mm. 
So what I do is I simply read it off lah. Now you're not just a you're not just a Pisces. You are very very Pisces. And <laughs> so what I see from here is you look like a Pisces dominant. Now most of it is in the twelfth house, which tells me you are in your head all the time. So quite often you find that with this position that there can be a very strong need to be to be looking for some glamour in life. So that means it can be very hard to accept that you mean I'm just some regular person. The the need for a fantasy can be very strong. And because you have Mars in the 12th house, a woman with Mars in the 12th, especially in Pisces, we call this the idealist. And a lot of it is projected onto men in your life. Now, assuming assuming my client is straight, okay? But what happens is that you may tend to find that men, um, are, through men, you find that you, you can be very easily sold a, a fairy tale story. So that means if somebody comes to you and say that they have this really big noble dream, and you can very easily feel attracted to them, even if it's not on the romantic level, mm-hmm. but you find that uh, often you are just as easily disappointed because you find that the, these people very seldom deliver on their dreams. Often also because they don't really have a, it's not based in reality. That means very often it's, it's like I tell you uh, I want to el- eliminate hunger in the world, then you are very weta, you know. But the the thing is like what is that person actually doing in reality to eliminate hunger? That's a very big dream. Eh? Mm. So you find that uh, this can sometimes lead to some expectation issues when it comes to oh, that's relationships. Very that's very accurate. <laughs> you see, Nicole, I'm known for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, the moon is in, is in Leo here in the sixth house. The sixth also determines the kind of work that you do, uh, your attitude towards the service that you provide. So when the moon is here, um, this is very good for people who deal with like uh, jobs and daily work that requires you to connect with people. And because it's in Leo, after all, Leo is a very expressive and showy sign. Mm. So that means if you needed to be um, very like hyper or like basically get, get attention onto things, whether it's attention for yourself or attention on something that is interesting, then this part can be, can be very useful for you. So that means um, based on what you do right now, which is things like interviewing people, the need to build a rapport with people fast is an asset in your favor mm. and also the ability to sort of like pick on things that are like shining so that means you could deal with a very boring topic but you have the ability to be able to figure out like what is the most interesting viral type thing that could mm. be very interesting so but of course there are negatives here uh, moon in leo is also known to be the diva <laughs> and these people can really like insist on things their way so it's like when you are in one of your like tantrums, basically everybody has to listen to the Ta Xiao Jie one. <laughs> like hit, hit you there, huh? It's like, oh, true. <laughs> My father always... Hello, <laughs> again, lo. Yeah, chances are you develop that behaviour from your mother too. Because then your mother also has a tendency for a bit of that drama thing. That's true. Yeah, while your father tends to play a bit more of the victim, he is uh, oh, more of like the seat in the background. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's like he he basically plays the weak character sometimes. Yes. And it's a it's a card that he plays in his favor, so he gets away with shit. Yes. Uh, I know, right? And okay, you know great. what? It's that's this is not his chart; it's yours. So this is exactly your behavior too. <laughs> yeah. Very accurate, though. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? Like, what, what are you... Generally, planets in the 10th house can also determine uh, your relationship with your mother. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's the tendency to feel that the rules can be kind of rigid in that sense and a bit old-fashioned. I think it's, it's about sometimes feeling that the mother's views can be very subjective and it's not really based on logic in that sense. Mm-hmm. The good news is that with this placement, integrity is very high. Mm. So that means even as you go into your career, the tendency is to repeat your idea of mother with authority figures. So you can find yourself being very attracted to authority figures who are happy to teach, but also have high standards. 
there is a little bit of a snob factor when it comes to choosing your bosses. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so that means if the it's like you want to look for very concrete, uh, practical, material kind of uh, uh, demonstration that the boss is good before you follow that boss. In general, I mean, these are some of the patterns that I see coming up. I mean, this is just like very sneak preview. And mm. everything that I've done, uh, although I've used almost no astrological language at all, everything that I've just said to you is all based on the personas. As I was doing your chart, I did at least about four, four of your personas. So what, what are the personas? There's the Sun Neptune, which is called the Savior. And there's the Mars Neptune, which is called the, the Idealist. Uh, there's this one, the Jupiter in the Ten House, called the Crusader. And, uh, but I mean, the, those were the three main ones that I covered. The Idealist is something that, <laughs> when I took my Enneagram test, it came up. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, this placement, Frankly, it's very easily seduced by a good story. Extremely easily seduced. And it doesn't even matter to you whether the story is real or not, as long as it gives you a good <laughs> fantasy. That's very accurate. I have nothing to say. Can I ask, why is there like nothing below? Does it mean that I'm empty in the area? No, it's not. Uh, basically, there are 12 houses and there are only 10 planets. Uh, so it tells me where your priorities are. Hmm... So like for example when it comes to say family is like empty here but then you have a lot of planets in the 12th so which means that probably your your imagination and your fantasies might actually be more important than security. That's true, that's very true. Yeah, yeah family is like yep. so, really low on my list of priorities. Yeah. Not that I don't love my parents. Yeah, no, it doesn't mean you don't love your you parents see, but right. it's like if you had to choose between the two so then for you fantasies and imagination even like helping people who are in need is it takes priority over like having your own family for example it does it does yeah, but that is not the case for a lot of people so mm. it really depends on what's in your chart and this is unique to you and you only no one else alive on earth has the same chart as you so this is like your little sneak preview that's a like a nice little 10 I'm minute screaming. preview our website is www.selfstrology.com. There is a free chart generator. And if you are very fascinated by what I just did for Nicole, uh, you can actually go and generate your birth chart. Uh, the interpretations on it are very rudimentary. Like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a software. So it doesn't provide a lot of information. But uh, if you just want to look at your curiosity, you can just go to my website and generate your birth chart for free. Yes, yes my school is here located at 15A Busora Street. And uh, we are very interested in two types of people. One are people who are interested in astrology for personal transformation and development. Really get to know yourself, all your habits and all that stuff. Uh, and the other group of people we're looking for are those who are looking for career transformation. For those who are ready for a change. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you guys know where to find her. Yep. Um, yep. Come check us thank out. Thank you, Mei, for thank you being with us. So we've reached the end of the episode. I've had a lot of fun. I really, really had a lot of fun doing this episode. It was really insightful and interesting learning a little bit more about, you know, from what I usually knew. After I recorded this, I literally went to all my friends and I was like, guys, let me tell you what I learned. So I hope that you guys hearing this today, you've learned something from me as well. I think to sum things up, astrology is really just a tool for me personally to figure out more about myself. Whether you believe in it or not, I think the point is quite moot. You know, it's 2020, Australia is burning, Indonesia is flooding, volcanoes are erupting, we're still on the brink of war. Astrology gives me hope. Let me live. So this episode was on astrology. You might have noticed that this is very Western-centric, as in this episode was focused primarily on Western astrology. Which got me thinking, what is the difference between Western versus like 
Eastern astrology. What is Eastern astrology, right? Turns out there is someone based in Singapore who is a Chinese astrologer and we did an episode with him. He tells us that there's not much difference between Western type astrology and Chinese type astrology. But are his predictions accurate? Is it the same? Do they know birth charts, birth timings? Stay tuned for the next episode.